All right, welcome into another episode of Candy Coaches Conversations. Uh, I'm Jeff Goodman. Uh, we got Charlton Young, my partner in crime here, and uh, we got another group of good assistant coaches. In addition, we had to get a veteran recruiting guy for this episode, and we came up with, with the oldest one that I could find, uh, Eric Bossy, uh, director, national. What, what's your title now, Eric? Uh, director of basketball for 24-7 sports. There you go. There you go. Uh, so happy to have you on. And the, the topic today is kind of getting back on the road for, for coaches, being back on the road after a year off and not only uh, being on the road and maybe sharing some stories, but also the impact that not being on the road will have on college basketball this year. But, um, you know, I wanted to talk to all you guys about maybe the recruiting model, uh, any suggestions you guys have, any thoughts going forward. But without further ado, let's go around the room like we usually do, CY, and we'll, we'll start uh, top left corner for me, Jimmy Williams from Furman. Um, Jimmy, good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is a great group of guys. When you uh, invited me to come out and you sent me the list of coaches on here, I got so excited because it's good to see so many faces. Topic near and dear to all of our hearts, recruiting. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these guys on the screen in person and in the gym finally again. Jimmy, give a quick, quick 20-second background about you. So this will be my fourth year here at Furman. Um, Bob Ritchie got the job here, and he and I were friends. I coached at a D2 down the road, North Greenville University, and he was an assistant here at Furman. When he got bumped up, built those relationships through recruiting and just being not far from each other and uh, gave, me a, gave me a call and offered me a job, and it was a complete no-brainer. So uh, love it here in Greenville, love it here at Furman, and um, obviously we do things with our recruiting a little bit different, so I'm excited to get different ideas and kind of share how we do things at Furman with, with the academic piece and um, with the type of kid that we go after, but excited to talk to all you guys and, and just pick each other's brains. Uh, David Patrick, we're not going to ask you to talk about Ben Simmons, I promise, in a shot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe get any of you shoot free throws, maybe to help me out. <laughs> but hey, um, obviously I'm at University of Oklahoma, David Patrick. Man, I've been there about shoot, two months now. Uh, prior to that, I was at Arkansas with uh, Eric Musselman. Um, you know, I was there for basically a year. And this last year, I've moved twice. Um, CY was one of my uh, mentors in this. I was the head coach at UC Riverside out in California. Um, and COVID hit and I didn't know we would have an athletic program. Uh, this time last year, I was just reflecting on it last night. Like, man, I didn't know if I'd be coaching. Anyway, this time last year, uh, got the opportunity to uh, make the move at a, at a power five and decided to leave the head coaching chair, which is not normal, uh, to go back as an assistant. Um, but I thought it gave me uh, open some more doors for me this past year with the success we had. Um, obviously, I regret being a head coach sometimes, but I think the position I'm in now will open up some bigger doors for me. So uh, I've been recruiting on the West Coast and back in the South, it's a lot of you monsters. Uh, so trying to just figure it, figure that out after being away for a couple of years and, and, and losing track of some guys. Dwayne. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Dwayne Simpkins uh, here at George Mason. I'm actually in my going into my seventh year uh, here at George Mason. Uh, my first year upcoming with uh, our new head coach, Kim English. Um, I'm a DMV guy. Uh, went to DeMatha High School as McDonald's All-American there. Went on to the University of Maryland and played. And um, just finished my 10th year overall uh, in college basketball. My first opportunity was uh, with Pat Scary as a director of operations um, at Towson University, his very first year there. And then I moved on to uh, work with another coach who was in his very first year in, uh, 
in West Miller, UNC Greensboro. And that's where actually I ran into to Charlton, Charleston CY with his, uh, his Georgia Southern team. Um, and I was fortunate enough to come on board here with George, uh, George Mason with, with Dave Paulson uh, going on seven years ago now. And uh, again, working now with Kim English. And I'm really excited about what we got going on here, working with the new regime, getting a chance to learn different things. And obviously really, uh, really impressed with the guys that you got on this podcast right here, because I've always seen all these guys in the road for the most part and uh, looking forward to learning more. Brian. What's up, fellas? Uh, appreciate you having me on here, Jeff, and, uh, and CY. Um, this is just uh, my eighth year at Harvard. Also spent some time at Rice and Stanford and then uh, at Tennessee with Coach Summit on the women's side. And frankly, uh, after not playing the last year, uh, in the Ivy League, I'm just excited to be back on the road and, and back in the office. So this is great. Yeah, I figured you'd be a good guy to have on this this call after uh, taking a eight month vacation uh, the last <laughs> year. So, uh, Mike. Oh, good morning, fellas. Good to be on, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. See why, my guy. Uh, Jeff, I know when you asked the, us to introduce ourselves, I didn't know that meant superlatives from our playing career, man. Like Dwayne Simpkins. <laughs> you know, so subtly offered. So I'm a third team all Met guy from the mouth of Catholic high school myself. Uh, been in the business 13 years. First job was video coordinator with Shaka Smart VCU. So long time ago, I still tell Shaka I'm his best video coordinator ever. Uh, was at the University of Delaware, my alma mater for Monte Ross for two years. And going into my 10th year with Coach Max, six at Xavier, four at the University of Louisville. Really excited to be on this podcast with all of you talented men and uh, excited to be back on the road. It was good this weekend and looking forward to this weekend coming up as well. Man, if we if we do, you know, playing superlatives, we'll be here all day for CY. <laughs> we got to cut this out right hey, now. Hey, Jeff, right just, now. Hey, Jeff, I didn't just, know that was a part of the program. Hey, Jeff, I didn't just, know we were doing that. Hey, look, Jeff, just so you know, in the DMV, man, we don't talk about being third team all day. You're the first team. You made it, you didn't. So, you know, I mean, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> oh man. All right, Yurik. Good morning, fellas. Jeff, Jeff, CY, I really appreciate you guys uh inviting me on. Uh Yurik Malagi. I'm in my uh first year at University of Texas. Uh, I guess I'm wrapping up almost three months here. Um, uh, this is going on my third season with Coach Chris Beard, uh, entering my fifth season uh coaching at the collegiate level. Um, I guess I've pretty much broke up. Uh, the record for the most schools, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, in, in the state of Texas, I, I pretty much worked at every institution. Uh, so, uh, but really excited about what we have going on here at the 40 acres uh, here at the University of Texas and excited to be on. Ronnie. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Good morning, fellas. Um, when I got the invite, I, I was fired up because I've seen some of the previous Field of 68 podcasts and I felt like I finally arrived being on there with this uh, group of guys. And um, I probably got a different path than, than, or background than everybody on the screen. My superlatives would be totally different. You know, I was a football guy. I got a football background, but I had a passion for the game of basketball. And so I got into coaching uh, 2000, I guess it was three. And one of my first memories, see why I will, will laugh when I tell this story. We're down in Atlanta. I think it was Georgia Southwestern. Ken Littlefield event, bless his soul. And uh, man, event didn't start on time. You know, Ken Littlefield event never started on time. And throughout the whole event, all they played was, hey, DJ, that's my DJ. 
and met CY, man, and he's been a mentor. So this is cool for me to be on with you guys. Um, this is my going on my fourth year at Ole Miss. Been with Coach Davis Kermit for going on eight years now, going back to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, really excited uh, what we've built here so far. Still got a lot of work to do, but um, again, just just excited to be on with you guys. Looking forward to the podcast. When I first got into this and got into recruiting, um, Eric Bossy was, was was in as well. I don't know if you had just been in or we came in about the same time, but I always considered you a friend, always considered somebody that I could kind of count on, and, and, and you helped me, honestly, huge over the years. So appreciate you joining us, and, and honestly, nobody better at what they did. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I'm familiar with – and know most of you on this group, um, a few of you are, are new to me and I'm, I'm new to a few of you, but I started back in the summer of 2000. So this is my 21st summer on the road. Uh, <laughs> been doing or 22nd, I guess, technically something like that. I've been doing this a long time. Um, Eric Bossy, director of basketball for 24 seven sports at prepstars.com way back in the day, had a, had a, a scouting service for college coaches that I got up to about 110 subscribers. Then I started working for rivals.com in 2010 full-time and kind of gave that up, which in retrospect was a poor decision, but uh, started at 24 seven here about nine months ago. And, you know, whereas last weekend was the first weekend on the road for you guys. Um, I've been out quite a bit prior to that. So it was, I think I have a unique perspective just because I'd, I'd had at least had a chance to get in and have an idea of what you guys were, were walking into and stuff. So I'm, Curious to see about, you know, reflections on guys that you thought you were going to like, guys that you thought you were going to dislike, and, and how you handle all that moving forward. George? Hey, guys. Jeff CY, thanks for having me on. Uh, George Helkovich here, associate head coach at Villanova. Um, I've been here since college, so played Division three basketball at Babson College um, and graduated in 08 and came in as a graduate assistant um, in 08, 09 here, and I've been here ever since, and I've been uh, lucky enough to work under a lot of a lot of guys who mentored me along the way. Obviously, being Coach Wright number one, and other great guys who have moved on, and uh, just really really excited to learn from you guys as well. And in terms of just recruiting and, and and share different ideas and thoughts about how people do different things at different places. Um, I think this is a really cool um, thing we're doing here. I'm just glad that Pegues is no longer in our conference. <laughs> it's always good when you're uh, when you get to see dudes on the road and they're wearing a, a shirt from another conference. You don't have to go up against them twice a year. But uh, and uh, one thing, just all of you guys um, along the way, being a younger guy, uh, DP, I remember meeting you as a young, young buck, man. And um, yeah, Wayne Simpkins, uh, you know, you go on down at the DMV and you got to make sure that those dudes like you who are from down there as well. When you go recruit, <laughs> we recruit down there a lot. And uh all you guys have been so awesome to me, um, just just welcoming me in when I when I moved into the assistant role back in seventeen. Thanks, George. Uh, Cy with your, your your new blood shirt. I can't believe this is the first time I think I'm seeing the new blood shirt since we've been on here. I broke it out special delivery for the day. Uh, I'm I'm Charlton Cy Young. I'm a Burger King All American out of Miami Carroll City Senior High School. <laughs> I. Uh, Charles to see why young Florida State. Hey, hey, Pagese, uh, you went to McDonald's like Dwayne, but 99, you hit us for 26, 14, and 8. You should have been a McDonald's when I was at Northeastern the way you did, <laughs> the way you did us in America East. <laughs> but uh, glad to have everybody 
on the show. Uh, just remember, as we go through this, uh, don't let uh, Goodman bring you down with profanity. This is a good <laughs> family show we have here. So as you guys get excited, don't let Goodman bring you down. I'm usually good for one, one an episode, and then see why it gets me in line. Uh, last but not least, uh, Morrow. How's it going, everyone? Uh, thanks, CY. Uh, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you all having me on. Um, you know, I've kept up with this podcast since you guys have started it. You know, I'm super excited to be on board and be able to talk about, you know, something that we all love to do, um, especially, you know, now that we've had the chance to get back out and about on the road. You know, so, but for me, um, Amaro Morgan is my name. I'm assistant coach at Loyola University, Chicago. Um, just got hired here a few months ago. Um, was down at the University of South Alabama um, with Richie Riley there. Um, I, I also have, you know, somewhat of a non-traditional path as well. Uh, played the game originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, actually, one of those dudes that kind of just took whatever he could get, you know, played prep school basketball at the Patterson School back in 2006 and um, went to Idaho State, miles and miles away from home and um, had a chance to play professionally for a little bit after that and jumped into the profession um, at the Division II level and kind of just worked my way about. You know, I've probably been at every level, you know, outside of junior college and D3. I've been at the NAIA level, Division II level, um, and first got my Division I crack with Richie Riley down at Nickel State. Um, there we had a little bit of success and had a chance to move on. Um, and, you know, I've known Drew Valentine, Coach Valentine, for a while now. So when the opportunity presented itself, you know, with the recent success and the culture that they have, I thought it was a no-brainer. So I'm fired up to be on board, and uh, I'm excited to learn from all of you dudes today. So really the intent of this one, a little bit looser than some of the, the past, I guess, ones we've had because the topic is a little bit uh, lighter, I guess, to some degree, right? I mean, getting back on the road. Uh, I didn't go out the first weekend. I'm going to go out this weekend. But I guess what's it been like and, and how different is it? How is it different? And anybody can kind of jump in here and chime in. But, like, what's been the biggest difference? You guys haven't been on the road in a year. Is is it different or is it kind of the same old? And, and the only difference is seeing faces again when we haven't had this. Man, I guess for me, I'll chime in. Um for me, it was like seeing some of these prospects, man. You see them on film, and they, you think they're six four. You walk in the gym, and they six one. Or, 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 I mean, that that was that was surprising to me. And then seeing some guys that weren't ranked because they weren't out last summer. That's some guys that kind of didn't quote unquote have names. And that you walk in the gym, and, and they're pretty dang good. And so, um, I think it, for me, I felt like the last week you have to trust your ability to evaluate rather than just look at rankings and see like does this this prospect really fit your system. Uh, that was a little bit different for me, just coming back to the South and coming back to the Power Five level and seeing who guys were. Because some of the guys that were ranked high weren't as good as I thought they would be, and some of the guys that weren't ranked uh, were better than I thought. So um, that was kind of from, from my perspective. Are you saying you don't trust Bossy's evaluations? And no, 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 I do. Evaluations right now. <laughs> I, I trust EB. That's no, he can't get everywhere. So <laughs> he's good. He ain't that good. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 like for my aspect, it's walking through. It's we're we're working on like the class of 20, 2022 right now, and it's just it's carnage. You know, it's yeah. Evaluating on film is one thing, but in person is another. And also, you know, fifteen months changes a lot. Three months changes a lot with these guys, and seeing them in a high school situation like last weekend is also so much different than an AU situation. And I felt like a lot of coaches were 
glad to see the high school situation because guys can't rely. If you're a dude, you can't rely on another dude um, to to do the heavy lifting for you. There's there's so much structure involved. I thought I thought it was a good situation. Yeah, I piggyback on what, what Eric just said from a standpoint of it's always different when you see a prospect play with his his AAU team versus his high school team. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's both good and bad. You know, on, on his on his AAU team, you know, if you saw him a month or two ago, you say, hey, you know, this guy's strictly a spot up shooter or whatever. But not knowing that that is his particular role on that team because he's got a couple of pretty good dudes and you see him on his high school team. Uh, and his role is different. And it's always interesting to see what players can actually step up and carry the load, like you said. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is, you know, we've been watching film and everything. And all depending on which stream you get, you know, you might see some transition defense because the camera hasn't quite moved to that side of the court. Um, and then obviously, man, when you talk about everyone talks about culture, 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 you know, getting a chance to see a player up up close and personal. Like, how does he respond to two missed shots or turnover or coach getting on them. You know, how is this demeanor on the bench? You know, all those things are really important if you're if you're trying to holistically recruit a prospect. So I think all those things were were, were brought to light a lot more when you are able to sit in, you know, in person. What, yeah, what's it been like for, for some of you mid-major guys on here too? What what's what's been the difference for you guys? Because I feel like you guys might be more of an advantage with everybody not being able to go out a year ago. You know, guys might have slipped through the cracks. Maybe you get a guy that you shouldn't have got. Jimmy, like any truth to that? Definitely. And for us, you know, last weekend I didn't even go out. I know that sounds crazy, but I didn't even go out. We we had a staff meeting in May, and Jeremy, Tim, and I had our whole script of where we're going to be and who we're going to see in June. And Bob said, what if we do it different? And we focus our month of June on getting guys to our campus. Uh, we got a top 10 campus in the country. Uh, we want to build relationships. We don't get into the transfer portal business. Um, we're going to develop a ton. We're going to bring in guys that, um, you know, want to work. And uh, we want them to know what we're all about. And it's not for everybody. Some guys come on our campus and they're like, yes, that's one of, that's where I want to be. And they commit immediately. And other guys will come on campus and be like, no, I want to go to a bigger level or I want to go somewhere else where it's not that much of a commitment to development. We're always trying to grow everybody here. And um, like for us, this whole month has just been almost every day filled with guys on our campus and we're where we shut everything down. There's no other thing going on but that day with the recruit. And then once they get here, the big part about it is the best way to show our recruits who we are is, hey, we're not going to be at every one of your games in June and July. We're not. We've evaluated you. You're on a short list. We've offered you. We want you here and we think you're a perfect fit. But as proof of what we're going to do once you do commit here we're going to develop you. We're going to spend our time with you. We're not going to have our assistant coaches and our whole staff all over the country. We're going to be with you on a daily basis, focusing on developing you and your man. Brian, what, what, what's, yeah. I mean, for you, again, <laughs> you're in like the most unique situation in the Ivy. You didn't play last year. Um, I don't know what you did every day, but you got to be like so happy to be out right now on the road, even seeing horrible AU basketball, you just you want to be out watching. That's how I am. I just want to get out. I don't care how bad the basketball is right now. I just want to get out, see some of you guys, see some players. It feel normal again. Yeah, no, no doubt. That was the biggest thing for our staff is just, you know, you, you actually felt like you were a basketball coach and you were, you know, competing for players, recruiting, seeing, you know, other assistant coaches out or head coaches out on the road. It was it was just a, a bit of normalcy that I haven't had in 16 months. 
Uh, and, and speaking, you know, in general, I think there are going to be a little bit more um, mistakes with this 2002, uh, 2022 class. Uh, but I think had the pandemic happened 10 years ago, it would have been a bigger deal. Now there might be a mistake for, you know, this cycle of kids, but with the, within a year or two, with, with the transfer portal, they're going to kind of balance itself out and they're going to find the right or appropriate level a little faster than had this happened 10 years ago. Maybe it's harder to transfer or, or there are just less transfers in general. Maybe you do get that mid-major, uh, you know, kid that's a stud more frequently, you know, uh, 10 years ago. But then, you know, you, you talked about us in, in the Ivy League and, and I'm sure some of the other coaches can speak to this. I don't really know what I have on our team. Uh, half of our team hasn't even, you know, played a, a college game or or had a college practice. So we're we're an outlier there. But you know, we just don't know what we're looking for because we don't know what is currently on our team, especially with our younger guys. We just haven't seen them in person. We haven't seen them up close. Uh, I, I got we have one incoming freshman that we our, our coaches have never met yet. So just we're we're flying a little blind right now. So. Uh, it's certainly a unique circumstance. Yeah, it's crazy to me to think. Give Anybody have a great story of, of somebody they recruited, somebody on the staff recruited, they came in and you were like, whoa, like for better or worse, you don't have to say their name if it's for worse, but is, is there something, I assume one of you had to have some great story of a kid coming on campus and just being shocked at something about them. Well, I'll just say this, Jeff, you know, I would say most guys would feel this way. Like when you first get your freshman there, you know, that first workout, everybody's nervous, even when you've been on the road, because you want those guys to show up that first day and, and confirm, you know, everything you you you, th you thought about them or what you talked to, to your head coach about or your staff. But this year felt a little bit even different, almost was like, you know, Christmas, because we hadn't seen these guys in person. You know, we hadn't seen them. When they came to campus, like the first time meeting them. So everybody was on pins and needles. I know for our staff a little bit with our freshmen and our new guys, like how good are they? You know, and so uh, even more so than years past. Um, but I, I tell you, we were surprised in a good way uh, for, for the majority of our guys in terms of just them coming in, being ready to play, their pace. Uh, I mentioned it's a CY, you know, on a particular player. We, 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 we got in. I mean, he, he was – I thought he was good. Um, and the one thing through the pandemic that I ended up, you know, finding for me personally was with guys like Bossy, I leaned on those guys more than ever because we couldn't be out. So talking to guys like him and Jamie Shaw and Travis Bantam, but at the same time, it's their opinion, you know, and other guys around those kids. And so I tried to do my due diligence to know when we got them what we were getting. We were pleasantly, pleasantly surprised on a handful of our guys that when they came in, they were better than we even thought. So. Uh, that part of it was good, you know, and I think that's the that's the part where even in a pandemic when you have live stream and you have the technology to watch guys, you can still not necessarily make mistakes as much as you, you thought maybe in the past because you did have the tools to watch these guys uh, on film, you know. My, you know, my fellas, my, my thoughts on us going out this weekend, uh, it, it, re, it reaffirmed to me how critical the word evaluation is to our to our profession and to being a coach. Uh, for the first time in my career, I almost had uh, a little bit of embarrassment and uh, almost of an anxiety attack. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that I pride myself on knowing 
all the guys, uh, especially in the South, but nationally. And then I would always have like another little small list of about eight to 15 guys that were going to blow that nobody knew. Like I knew those guys and had been messing around. So I go out this weekend and, and this past weekend, I'm happy to be in the gym and I'm watching games and I got some guys I've been on, but I'm watching, I'm like, who's that? You know what I mean? Who's that? <laughs> so I, I see some low major guy, supposed to be low major, and he's getting off on court in 10. <laughs> and now I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm out of my element. Now this is <laughs> because, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, we here at Florida State, we, we probably were two years ahead uh, in terms of having kids that we were locked into. But now after a year and a half, we was kind of losing. We was like running out of reserve. You know, we was running out of <laughs> supplies and we needed to get back out and restock. And I, it, it was, uh, but it was also good to see kids that had been working hard, that had nothing, that blew up that day and had their day too. You, you forget about the kids' perspective. There's some kids that had didn't have nothing that walked into that Georgia High School Association live camp and it was like kaboom. And uh, so I was happy for those kids. Hey Jeff, if I could piggyback on that too, the other thing that's really important is that throughout the country, you know, each state, each jurisdiction had different rules for, for COVID and, and what they could do. And I think it's even more imperative now that, you know, in doing your due diligence, you actually go to the, the, the second and third layer to find out like, hey, you know, Jimmy, I thought was going to be a pretty good player. And I was a little surprised to see like maybe he's not as good. And the more the more questioning you do, it's like, hey, yeah, his high school was shut down. He couldn't get into the gym. Yeah, he worked out outside or whatever the case may be. I think you have so many other variables that you don't quite see. You know, you saw I, I'm a big baseline guy. I like to see a kid as a ninth grader. What does he look like during his ninth grade season, his 10th grade season? And you start to project like where he could be like, hey, that kid's going to be a Florida State kid. I'm, I'm not messing around with that. But there's another kid that's like steadily, steadily moving up the ranks. And you're like, he didn't take the step that I thought, you know, and, and every kid I think is going to have a different story. And I think it's incumbent upon us as coaches to really actually do our due diligence and get to that second and third layer to find out, hey, why? And then sometimes there are some, some, some answers as to why. That's a great point. Like, I didn't think about that. But, right, everybody's on a different level in terms of what they were able to do. And, no, you're right. Are, are you guys overwhelmed? Like, George, Villanova, what do we think about? Culture, culture, culture. Finding the right guys for that program and for Jay Wright. Um, is it overwhelming because – of the restrictions and maybe not getting to know these kids as well. I mean, knowing them on a Zoom is, is different than getting a feel for them in person. Um, I, I think luckily for us, and you can't predict these things, we we had, you know, an older team last year. And um, even having Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels come back and use the COVID year for us is a different type of recruitment that uh, we never even expected we were going to have on our hands, but thank God for, thank God for the COVID waiver, I guess. Um, so having older guys, I think helps that Jeff, because those guys, your best teachers of your culture are the players that are already there and, and guys who truly get it. And those two get it more than anybody. I mean, coach, coach Wright's been, you know, been quoted as saying Colin Gillespie is the best leader we've ever had here, but it also is because, 
you got to learn from Jalen Brunson who learned from Ryan, you know, so there's a trickle down effect to where these guys just keep getting better and better and helping each other. Um, but we, we were a little bit ahead in terms of the, the 2021 class because we knew we had to, we had to work at it already earlier than when it even hit in COVID. So we, we locked in on those guys before really the outbreak, you know, we found uh, the kid Angelo Brizzy after. So we had to do a lot of the film and getting to know him over zoom, which was different. But the other guys we had Trey Patterson, Nana Njoku and Jordan Longino, we knew uh, from recruiting them prior, which we were very lucky for, you know, you don't know some, you can't predict these things. Um, so that, that was a, that was a huge blessing looking back. Uh, but you know, the culture thing, I think it's just a consistency and, you know, whoever the, the, the older guys are and the leaders are, they just take the approach to make sure they're reinforcing it as well. So the one thing about culture now is going to be, we were around each other. I mean, dang, all of us had different lives where it, it was kind of nice to be around the team you had all year um, and, and really being the, the thoroughs of it with those guys. And, and it was ball all the time. Now you had to deal with all like the testing and COVID and this and the, the you know, the anxiety of that. But now we got to put a, another element of going back on the road out and then still balance that with getting back to campus to be with the guys in the summer, which we love to do as well. I mean, that's what we love to do the most is, is coach. Um, so that, that'll be the new challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. You're, you're there all the time. You can't go out. So you're around your current players all the time. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize what like May and June are like for you guys right now. Like June is not an easy month, is it? Because you've got your players coming on campus right now, your new guys, even your holdovers. You're dealing with recruiting. A lot of you are dealing with camps. Like they don't understand what the offseason is like. Yurik, maybe you can talk about it a little bit since you're at a new spot and you're trying to recruit a whole new team at yeah. Texas. I don't know if you guys got camp or what you got going on, but you know, again, you're 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 trying to keep the the play the Courtney Ramies yeah. and those guys. Like, what's it been like, and what is it like for those that don't understand of like a typical June? Yeah, you know, our, our June has been crazy, man. I, you know, when June first hit, and uh, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it has been a little overwhelming. Obviously, you have you know our, our guys uh, coming to campus, uh, getting to know. Those guys, we, you know, we were fortunate enough to sign about five or six transfers out of the portal. Um, you know, we worked really hard when we first got the job to try to retain uh, some of these guys and four guys that we were able to retain. You know, if they would have been in the transfer portal, we would have recruited them happily uh, and welcomed them here to Texas. So uh, we were blessed that those guys were, um, you know, you know, decided to stay on with us. Uh, but then, you know, obviously now, you have, you know, classes are starting, workouts are starting, um, and then recruiting. You know, it was a time where we probably had, you know, the first 15 days of June, I think we had 13 days where we had a visitor on campus, either officially or unofficially. So I think all of it just coming at you all at once, man, I think that it, it, it was a little overwhelming. Uh, it helps to have uh, such a big staff uh, where we know, you know, uh, a lot of people um, and we were able to kind of, be able to manage a lot of situations uh, with players and coaches uh, coming on and off campus. So, uh, but, you know, going off campus recruiting this past weekend was tough. Cause like you said, you know, we've been so used to being around our guys all the time. Um, and so to, to lead those guys for the weekend and guys, you know, wanting to be around you and not being able to, you know, uh, come in the office and see, you know, you, you, you know, you miss those guys, you know, but um, 
it's 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 been wild. It's great to be back on the road recruiting to piggyback off what Dwayne talked about. And you know, uh, it's a lot of a lot of you know when, when it comes to that evaluation piece, you know, see why you know we've talked about it you know quite a bit you know uh, over the years. But I just think it's you know just being able to evaluate guys in different settings. Um, I think is really key too. You know, some guys they thrive in a camp setting. Some guys thrive with their high school team or or thrive with their AAU team, or it can go the other way. Um, but, uh, you know, we've always been a staff that value watching film. Jeff, as you know, uh, we watch a lot of film, but it's nothing like being able to be in the gym and seeing these players interact with their teammates, the coaches, the referees, being able to handle adversity. And then also the parents. We can't forget about the parents, the crazy parents that you can't hear uh, on ball or TV. Uh, to be able to say, oh, you know, not we don't we don't want to deal with that. Uh, not good enough, you know. So, uh, but no, it's 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 definitely been been good to be back in the gym. I got two things real quick. First, I want to say just the warm up line. I was just I've been so I was just excited just to see the warm up line, see guys walk to the bench uh, at the timeout, but just see the warm up line. I can tell a lot in the warm up line how a guy warms up. I just missed the warm up line so bad. But the second thing I want to say is off subject, Jeff, I got to interrupt our broadcast and say this. But, uh, man, baby boy, I'm so proud of you. You 20 years, you, you're not the same little young Thundercat I met that was working with the Dallas Mustangs, Dallas yeah, and Tony yeah, Jack. You, you all grown up on me, baby. Yeah, you're a real coach, man. I was uh, impressed. Uh, <laughs> no, see, well, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate all the mentorship over the years, brother. Yeah, Lee, well, I'm man. old, man. Still got a long way to go, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's, you don't have a you don't have a 12-year-old LeBron Nash with you in the parking lot of Duncanville High School like the first time I saw you. It's weird. Listen, hey, boss, I, I remember I remember uh sitting beside you, you know, when I was coaching with the Dallas Mustangs. You were prep stars then, man. You were prep stars hanging and headed out to Bob Givens, you know, and then I think that's where I met Jeff, you know, and he got that that, that first interview with Anthony Randolph. Hey, you, want, you want to tell him you want you want to tell him what happened on that first Anthony Randolph interview? Oh man, it was I, I don't want anybody to you know, I don't want to get in trouble, but you know, a- a- Anthony Randolph, he um uh, you know, his, his, his circle didn't really like him to interview. And uh, Tony had sent me down there to uh, Bob Givens by myself. I think I was, I don't know, 18, 19 at the time. And we went to go play in, in the uh, tournament champions, big time tournament. And uh, we had just lost to Curtis Malone's team, Coach, Coach Malone's team, uh, DC Assault. And uh, he played well against Michael Beasley. And uh, but you were the first one, Jeff, you know, after the after the game, you know, you asked, hey, could he interview? I'm like, man, I don't I mean, Anthony, you want to interview? And so Anthony was like, man, I'm, you know, the rules, coach, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to the media. And so, uh, you know, Jeff got a chance to interview him uh, there at the tournament. That was his first interview. And, you know, people kind of got a chance to, you know, well, well, kinda, you're forgetting. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're forgetting the part that, that Uncle Will. It didn't really. See, I'm leaving out names. I'm leaving out names, Jeff. <laughs> and I love. Listen, I'm great with Will now, but man, Will did not want that interview to happen. He didn't want and that he made it I, I was in the doghouse for a long time for that one, Jeff. But you're still my man. It's paid off dividends. I'm shocked you Jeff got you in some stuff. You're. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if we have time, we'll have Bossy tell the ultimate uh, recruiting no. story. He he doesn't even want to the Reggie Rose recruiting story. Because he's, he's worried if he tells it. it, he's worried Reggie's going to come after him. Nope. Hey, to get hey, to get back on track here, yeah, let's go. Bossy, Bossy yeah. said something that was very important. 
he said that in order to evaluate, you got to be able to keep watching. You got to keep watching because a lot of these guys that you're watching right now, you watch them at one point and you come back three and a half months later and you're like, you know, who, who is this guy? So uh, getting back on the road is critical for, for all our programs. Uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to get uh, Coach Morgan's thought just on the evaluation piece, especially uh, for that level for the mid-major level. And the one thing I want to say, too, before Coach Morgan takes it, uh, and this is something for, for young coaches, uh, I was people like to use the term mid-major, and uh, they use the word mid-major in such a, uh, like a, a, just not like it's not a big deal. And I tell young Thundercats that's getting into coaching this all the time, I'm going to tell you something that shocks you. Mid-major players become pros. <laughs> Better stop saying that. So mid-major players become pros. Somebody looked at John Morant and told him, you're mid-major. Somebody looked at Stephen Curry and said, you're mid-major. Somebody looked at C.J. McCullough and said, you're mid-major. So it's certain guys that I'm about to go see, and they say, oh, coach, don't go see him. He's mid-major. I said, all right, young all right, young fella, I'll talk to you. Because <laughs> I, I go kick over every stone because you don't know how these guys are going to develop. But uh, go ahead. I just wanted to say that about people using that term mid-major. I try to teach younger coaches. You make some big mistakes in evaluating, evaluating, assuming that a guy is a mid-major player. Because I looked on TV the other night and campaign was getting off <laughs> and he played at Murray State. But go ahead, Coach. No, for sure, for sure. No, I, I – I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, I think our situation here is very unique, uh, just as in, you know, our culture itself. Uh, we, when we first, when, when Coach Valentine first got hired and, uh, and I got on board, you know, where I was prior to, you know, we were busy around this time of the year, just taking transfer after transfer. And, you know, the first thing he said is, we're good. Like, because he had done such a, such a really good job that, Hello, are you there? Okay, because he had done such a really good job spending time with his guys over the past few years and the success the program had had that, you know, we have four seniors that probably could have gone anywhere and played because of the success that they've had, and they all decided to come back, which is usually hard to do when you talk about a big major program, especially like, you know, when, when, a, when a program is in transition the way ours is with a coach leaving, that gives these young men so many reasons for them to leave. But Coach had done such a phenomenal job with that. So they gave us a, a leg up, um, just I would say in the 22 class, to be able to like lock in and focus just on 22s, knowing that June was coming. And we just dialed in on trying to set our calendar and set the, set the guys that we wanted to come in early, the priority guys. But then we got a taste right away that, you know, those priority guys that we had spent a lot of time with recruiting over the past year, none of those dudes are ready to make a decision for whatever reason. Um, and obviously the reason is, is because they hadn't been recruited. Like they hadn't been on other campuses. So, you know, they hadn't been on your campus. Usually in the past, they would have come up for elite camp or maybe just would have stopped by if they were in town, but they hadn't had the chance to do that. So some of their family members just want to see other places. And you know how it is when you got a really good program, you know, that's an opportunity for them to you know, look at that and say, okay, this is a good fit. But when they leave that program, now it's another opportunity for someone to step up and take that opportunity that's been presented to them. So 
but 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 what's been crazy for me is is when we've gotten on the road, you know, this past week, you know, we thought that we had a grouping of dudes that we knew. So we do have guys that we love, but at the same time, there's been so many other guys to piggyback off what you said, see why that man, who was he? Who was he? And you gotta just make sure, like when you're in a program like ours, that you gotta continue to keep identifying the ones that are gonna be outstanding fits and stay locked in on them. But at the same time, there's so many guys that might be said to be high major and might have tons of high major love that you guys might not love. And those guys could fall, you know, to us potentially, or just the same guys that might not be good enough when we get a chance to get our eyes on them just the same. So it's been, it's been interesting for us because it's just kind of been like a reset button for everyone. Hey, Jeff, I got a quick question for Pagese. Uh, Pagese, uh, did you know, Carly Jones was that good coming out of rapping. I mean, that's the first, that's the first time in a long time that I've seen a mid-major player transfer up to the ACC and be one of the dominant players. Uh, Coach Smith on my staff, he, he was on us about Carly Jones. He said, I'm telling you, we played him when I'm at Clemson. The boy is a silverback. But I just didn't see the athleticism. But when we saw him, I mean, he I, I, he's a, an evaluation that really has taught me something over for moving forward because he was rough. Talk talk to me about Carleek Jones a little bit. Yeah, you know, well, honestly, Carleek being a Cincinnati guy, Coach Mack had a really good feel for him, you know, well before he got to Radford. And uh, I appreciate you mentioning that, C.Y., because he was an awesome kid who, quite honestly, didn't get the full platform that Louisville basketball and college basketball itself normally provides kids. And for a kid like him to go to Radford, redshirt his first year, and then have all the success that he had and then come here, mainly to play on that stage and to give himself an opportunity to show everybody how talented he really is, to have to do that in a mask, to have to go through two, three-week COVID pauses, and then not have, you know, everything that this situation that we have here, we're blessed enough to have here, normally provides was tough. I felt that for him because he's an awesome kid. But we actually knew he was a dog, CY. We knew that he was different. You know, Mike Jones is, is one of my mentors in the business who obviously coached him at Radford. Uh, in my conversations with him and uh, some other people on their staff, we knew that he was an extremely talented kid who just needed a platform to show everybody how good he was. And it was great to see him go out in some big games and play well. He's doing really good in the combine so so far. I think he'll eventually make somebody's team because the kid is just that talented. He loves the game. He's a throwback. He's an old school kid that just loves to be in the gym, loves to compete, loves to talk trash and let you know how good he is, you know, and, uh, we were fortunate to have him. We only wish that we could have got him back another year, you know, but uh, we would, he would have had to fill out a W-2 or something if he came back another year. You know, he he was fast approaching 24 years old and he had to move on with his life. So, you know, we understood that, but awesome kid. The one thing I just want to, you know, mention with the 21 guys, I thought that, uh, you know, for my boss in particular, Chris Mack, he's really big on kids, you know, representing themselves well on the phone. He's a big FaceTime guy, likes to see kids, you know, countenance and their energy on the, on the phone. And, uh, you know, can they talk? Can they 
can they, you know, have a good conversation about basketball and other things in life. And quite honestly, I thought that some of the kids, in particular, I have a kid in mind, Mike James from Oak Ridge High School, he was so phenomenal on the phone. First of all, just in terms of getting back to you. And when you talk to him, you, his, his character, his personality, you know, permeated throughout through the phone, you know, and you felt that energy. And this is a kid going back a couple of years ago that I saw as a junior in Oak Ridge High School play pickup one time, one time. And I knew he was a good player when I saw him, but we weren't able to get back out and see him beyond that. And so we were really recruiting this kid based on his ability to represent himself on FaceTime phone calls and what the video footage that we had. And we couldn't be happier that he's here. We really got lucky with that one. So I just wanted to add that like it's so important for these kids if they're listening to be able to represent themselves well over the phone and to be able to talk and have conversation and not be a mute and be able to get back to coaches in a timely fashion. Every, every kid in the country wants to have Don to have a relationship with the head coach. If you ask them, like, what's the most important? Well, I want to have a relationship with the head. And then you can't get them on the phone. It's like, how are we going to have a relationship with you? Or if you get them on the phone, they got three words to say. You know, so he was a kid that really blew us away over the phone. So hopefully two, three, four years from now, whatever it is, he'll be a kid that can hopefully work himself in the league based on the interviews that he does with the NBA because he did an awesome job and it really gave him an opportunity to come to Louisville largely because of that. Hey, guys. Um, yeah. Hey, Jeff, can I ask you, I got a quick question because I think it, it kind of intersects with both what Coach Morgan said and, and what Coach Begee said when we talk about the process by which these guys, the timeline that a lot of these prospects are going to decide. Uh, and I'm curious as to hear Bossy's uh, feedback as well, because, you know, they're, those kids in the catch 22 now, right? Because now we have the transfer portal. Uh, we have a number of guys who actually decided to come back to their schools and you have a number of kids who haven't been seen yet. And you can be hot and heavy on a kid. And you know, in the back of his mind, and some may even articulate it that, hey, Coach, I'm really interested, but I haven't gotten a chance to to really play and play in front of that quote unquote high major coach or whatever. And by the way, you know, we, we consider ourselves a high major. That's just how we look at it, right? And we're like, on one hand, you're like, I get it. Because if it was my son, if I was in the shoes, I would want to do the same thing. But moving forward, there's 15, 1700 kids that's going to be in this transfer portal. It happened last spring. It's going to happen again. It may be even more. And I'm curious to see how many kids are. Do they feel a certain kind of way when they see Doug McDaniels just committed to Michigan and a Judah Mintz commits to, to Pittsburgh? Like that, that train is going. And those kids got to understand as quick as you may want to hold out and see if those other, those other schools are going to come around, we got jobs we got to do too. And we're going to go to the second and third guy. And like those, those offers may not be there. But I'm curious to see from, from Bossy's perspective, has he found a lot of kids considering uh, uh, making commitments much earlier than they otherwise uh, may have in the past? Yeah, um, absolutely. Kids and their families right now are just totally messed up in the head over the transfer portal. Um, it's 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 got them scared stiff. Um, they watched a lot of kids in the 2021 class now who are Division One players that cannot find a home, and they're worried. I don't want this to happen to me. Um, frankly, there are a lot of kids I found that were trying to commit before coaches saw them because I think there are some that were afraid that, wow, this coach is going to get out there and see me, that he offered me, 
um, either off a film or the word of somebody, and he's going to realize I'm not that level player. And so I need to get that before it's gone. But also at the same time, they do want to take those visits. They do want to get to know people. They do want to get recruited. And it's, it's, um, it's tough being a 17, 18 year old kid getting recruited and, and trying to find the right spot to go live out your dreams. But for these kids right now, I, I've been doing this a long time. I don't, I don't recall a group of kids that between the transfer portal, uh, pressures of social media and, and, and everything that are kind of more screwed up in the heads and that don't have an understanding of, of how this all really works and the process that coaches go through and the process that they need to go through. And it, and it's difficult because I get asked advice all the time by players and their parents. And it's, it's a fine line because I won't ever tell a kid, Hey, I think you should go here or there because it's just opens up a Pandora's box of, of bad problems for me personally. And I don't ever want to ultimately being, I don't want to tell a kid, Hey, I think this is the best place for you and then be wrong. I don't want that on my mind, but it's tough. I know, I know it's going to be tough for you guys too, because I know there are guys that you went out last weekend thinking, yeah, oh, I can't wait to see this guy. And you're like, uh, um, man, how, how, how do we wiggle out of this one? And, and I guarantee, I don't know if there's one on this phone call, but I know there's a lot of guys out there that probably had guys try and commit in the last couple of weeks. And you had to kind of pump the brakes and be like, you know what? Hey, let's, let's make sure you go through this process all, you know, let, let's see who comes out and see and make sure that this is really what you're comfortable with. And so it's on both ends, but I, I generally, I feel for these kids right now. They're in the most difficult time to be a recruit we've ever had. It, it's, it's funny because it's the easiest for them to be seen in terms of highlights, video, whatever. And now you guys being back out on the road, but their decision is, is more difficult than ever just because of so many factors going in and that transfer portal on top of it is just, really messing with these guys. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, to, to jump on what, uh, what EB was talking about in terms of the 2021s getting squeezed a little bit. And I think, uh, I think CY, you might've said it on a previous podcast, but one of the big impacts is going to be Juco is going to be better now than ever. And I really think that the NEPSAC with all the prep schools, it's going to be loaded uh, because you had a lot of kids who didn't maybe get the high major offer that they wanted. They didn't get the low major offer that, that they thought they were going to be a D1 kid. They ended up only getting D2 offers. So I know just, you know, being up here in, in New England, it's going to be a really, really good year for postgrads. And that's going to be interesting to see how that, how that works, especially this weekend with the, the NEPSAC event in Connecticut. That's a great point, Brian. Brian, um, the one thing I was thinking about when you talk about recruiting, it's evaluation. I think the other part's relationships, right? But I think that's the other part that goes into being a good coach and, and good, good recruiting. And when you talk about prep schools, um, you know, I recruit internationally a lot and with COVID and, and not being able to get over the overseas, whether it's Europe or Australia, um, I've had to rely on my relationships internationally, you know, and uh, there's a prospect I can speak about now because he's going to the G League Ignite, Dyson Daniels. Uh, he was somebody that, I was told about two years ago, uh, I've known him for a long time, but, but, you know, I had to trust that he was that good. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know, to, to the NBA, the NBA route, you know? And so uh, relationships are important. I think those international kids won't get to places they typically would get to. So now they may get to prep schools or JUCOs because uh, that part of the world and part of basketball has kind of been, been lost in this, in, in this recruiting phase. 
And just just to piggyback off of that too is like it's been crazy. Like with no like networking opportunities outside of Zoom, I feel like we've capitalized on that, and I feel like a lot of us have probably gotten better in their strategy that we'll use now, uh, whether it's Zoom, whether it's you know constant FaceTime with these guys, but not being able to like break bread with someone at the Final Four and you know, come across, you know, Bossy or come across Goodman at the Final Four or, you know, AAU coaches and being out at these events where now you just have to, like, cold call, cold call if you want to build extra relationships. Whereas usually we're building more and more relationships just because we're crossing paths with so many different new faces through AAU coaches, et cetera. But, you know, these past year and a half, it's been a little bit different where you've had to kind of, like, dig in, you know, go back to some of those books, open those up, turn some pages, you know, call some numbers, you know, try to rebuild some um, relationships that you hadn't had in a long time. So it's been it's been definitely interesting for sure. Am I going to see more guys not texting and looking at their phones during games this this July than normal? Like, seriously, like, you know, you guys have seen dudes a lot, so you don't even have to worry by July. You've seen them in April. You've seen them in the high school season. So you've already got a feel on them. So everybody's texting. Everybody's shooting the shit. I'm able to talk to dudes and like, are you guys going to be more locked in and are guys overall and, and are we going to be able to see the ones that are really good because they are locked in? Is that crazy? No, no? I, think, I, I, think, I, I think you're 100% correct. I'll, I'll answer that one, Jeff. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, cause I, I usually go and try to talk to everybody and distract them from who I'm trying to recruit. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing as much talking as I used to used to do. So that's that's oh, legit. Man. Like, you guys really think that way? You'll walk into a gym, and if you got a guy that's a little bit under the radar, you'll you'll go up to somebody else and distract them so they're not watching them? I will. I don't know. Pre, Pre-COVID, no doubt. July was, you know, I was notorious <laughs> for that. You know, I don't uh, think I ever do. Yeah, I, 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 I can't speak for everybody else, but yeah. I'll be I, I'll be way more locked in, trying to sit away from everybody, front row, so I get a good seat and locked in with my staff. Man, we can get a great evaluation. That's hey, why yeah. I want. That's why I yeah, want to talk to one of their Sometimes I will whisper in the ear. I think this guy's a D two guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I just can't do it. Five, boy, can't do it. <laughs> As you sit on court five, they playing on court six. I look over there, you know. It's, uh, I always try I to. Find it. Oh, go Sorry, ahead, go ahead. I, I said I usually talk to CY for thirty minutes of the game last week in Georgia. Man, it was three minutes and kept kept it moving just wow. because of what you said to see to see some to see the to see the games. You know, I got to find guys like Coach Simpkins and just figure out who he's looking at and what gym in DC somewhere. Because there's always a Justin Moore up and coming that we don't know about. That's a Dematha boy that he's already got a hold on. So, oh, we got to find those guys. And he's good about he's good about being stealthy there. It, That's it. We haven't talked about this, but I'll throw it out there before we wrap in a few minutes. But the impact that not going out in the last year is going to have on college basketball this year. Anybody want to take that? Is it is it as pronounced as I think it's going to be? And you throw that in there, and you're also throwing in all those transfers, right? So I've said this over and over. You guys have probably heard me. Like, I think it's going to be more than 50% overall in college basketball, every roster in Division One that's going to be new in their current place. So I think the quality of play is going to be awful in November and December because of that. Uh, but, but, again, you guys not being able to, to evaluate in person, 
you know, how, how much of an impact is that going to make in, in, in terms of making it worse for the quality of play? Oh, Ronnie Hamilton, take it. Yeah, you know, I, I think, Jeff, now I had this prediction, I think you're going to have probably more mid-year transfers this season than ever before. Yeah. Um, you know, because we hadn't been on the road this past season. So I, I went back early and said we were surprised in a good way on some of our freshmen. Um, I know some other guys probably have, have been surprised the other way, you know, and so not being able to see those guys over the course of the season, guys getting here in the summer and going through the fall, number one, not having seen them play, number two, them getting here thinking they were something that they weren't or getting to a place they had never been before. I think you'll see more mid-year your transfers than probably you've ever seen. And I know Yurik them had one at their previous spot at Texas Tech, Demari Burnett, and I don't know all the reasons why he left, but but when was the last time probably you 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 would have had a, a McDonald's All American leave at the middle of a year from a place that's really successful? And probably that was part of not being on the road, you know, uh, with COVID, you know, going into to the last season. So I think you'll see that see a lot of that. I think you'll see a lot of surprise players that'll pop up all of a sudden that went on all conference teams because we didn't see them. There's going to be more players that jump. In, in terms of college basketball, to have great years that you wouldn't have expected because we all out, we all weren't on the road. I think it'd be some surprise teams that because of COVID waivers, because of the portal, being able to play right away. And again, those freshmen maybe to come in and wasn't ready. So I think college basketball, what you think right now in in June, what it may look like, and there's always surprises. Going to be more than ever in terms of uh, this upcoming season, you know. And, and the other thing I was going to kind of flip it back to, and I, I don't want to get off subject too much on your question, but I would be curious to know some of you guys' thoughts on just, and I'm one of those ones where I love being on the road. I mean, if there's a game at 8 o'clock, I want to be at the first game they play. If there's a game at 9 p.m., I want to be the last one to leave. But one of the things with COVID that has really, I thought, been a blessing, I think George spoke on it earlier, is we got a chance to be around our guys the whole time this year. And we couldn't be on the road. You know, so, man, the relationships with our players, you guys know, like in September, when we get back doing home visits, we're probably on the road four or five days a week. And you're not with your guys, man. You're calling back. And it, it was great to just be with your players doing out the season all year long. So so my thought is, is, and I think the girls' side have it figured out a little bit. Like they have a recruiting shutdown for a week. Can't call. Can't, I mean, you can't do anything. Man, they don't have as, the periods in June right now. So, so as much as I like being on the road, are we on the road too much? And I know, again, we're just getting back, so we now we got to kind of play catch-up. But I think there's a lot to be said for – for could we do – we have live streams, we have all these 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 platforms that we can see guys and then we can confirm it when we see them in person. But I don't know if we're on the road too much. You know, is that something that, you know, after COVID that we can all kind of figure out the balance, obviously, to be on the don't, road. Don't your – hey, Ronnie, don't your wives want you out by now? Uh, I depend on your marriage. <laughs> but Let's be honest. Hey, hey, she, hey. Enjoyed, she enjoyed me being at home. I can't speak for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure somebody wanted them to be on the road. But I do. I, 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 I mean, I really did. I, I just thought, and being at home, being with our players, obviously your families as well, you know, are we on the road too much? You know, in September, man, your September 9th hits his home visits. We're out there jumping around four or five days a week. Uh, so I think we can actually kind of make it a make it a situation where we get the best of both worlds. Some of you guys. Yeah, I, I can agree on that, man. It's it'll be interesting to see because, you know, this year you had the first time, you know, where guys could transfer and play right away. Um, and we were all actually there on campus. 
you know what I mean, every day with our dudes. And it was like somewhat of a mass exodus for several programs or whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see like now, because I felt it this weekend, like being out and about, you know, now it's three or four days where you don't see your guys. So you got to make sure you're intention, making sure because you're not going to see them. You got to make sure you're texting and calling, you know, so just making sure you're staying on top of them. But when you're not present and you're not around as much as what you usually are, and you recruited some of those guys, like how are they going to feel? Because they're not going to get as much love in the past as what, I mean, they're not going to get as much love as what they had gotten this past year. Um, and then now with the new role, you know, those guys, I could, I could see that there might be a lot more guys who become unhappy just because, you know what I mean? We're out on the road recruiting. So you got to make sure like, like you all said that we're doing a good job with our guys at home. Yeah. Jeff, to, to build on Ronnie, to build on that that topic of, you know, how much we're out, but also how much time we have with our players here or on our campuses. Jeff, I actually think to answer your question using that that info, I think the game might be better this year um, because we 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 have time this summer where we can work on developmental stuff with our players, where they're with our strength coach, where we're actually building team concepts. Uh, that we all lost out on from March 12th, 13th, whatever it was, 2020, um, all the way up until we restarted. And, you know, as we all know, we all came back at different times in different states and and on different campuses, which – and then there was so much disruption. So, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed in terms of COVID, if we continue to to kind of come out of this the way we are right now um, with the, the – the, the mental health aspect and the stressors – on everybody from the coaches to the players about like, yo, you know, is somebody going to pop a positive today? You know, the holding your breath in the morning, you're going in, are you, are you focused on practice? You focus on, are we going to be able to practice today based off of how we, the testing results. Um, so I think a lot of the, the disruptions, um, obviously, you know, the, the, the environment's going to be better. Hopefully we have fans in the stands and, and get back to a little bit more of a normal. So I do think the guys that missed out on the developmental, stuff that played last year and, and programs like we, we, we didn't, we lost the whole summer to get that summer back. Um, and, and even that fall, like a normal fall is, is invaluable, I think for all of us as well. So I, I'm, I'm actually interested to see how that pans out. Jeff, I think he's right. I think play may be better because of that. Uh, I think he's on to something. I want to say one more thing before, cause I know we're about to shut, uh, shut it down, but, uh, Coach Williams, I wanted to give you your flowers. You said something at the beginning of the broadcast I thought was really, really good. I don't know if people caught it. Uh, I was a mid-major head coach at Georgia Southern in your league uh, for four years. Uh, the decision for you guys to kind of operate outside of the box and and do every get everybody on campus in June, I think that's big time, man. Uh, I know Bob. I, I know he's really, really good. Um but for you guys to function in that matter, to kind of think outside the box as a, a mid-major program who fought their way in the top 25, I can see why you guys having success just having that thought process. Um, now, why did y'all decide to do it? Because y'all feel like your, your state is that loaded with players and you want to just concentrate on trying to find some diamonds in the rough in your state? Yeah, well, that and the relationships piece to talk about what DP was talking about earlier about how evaluations and relationships, I think those two things go hand in hand and are really huge. We evaluate really, really early and we condense our list of top guys that we want to focus in on. And then we focus on getting them to our campus. And then the relationships piece, 
that applies to our team more than even our in recruiting and with parents and with potential student athletes. I think with the mental health, I, re I read a book, you guys, that rocked me. It's called What Made Maddie Run. I don't know if you guys have heard of that book, but it's about a young student athlete that um, went to Penn to run track and just a horrible story. Kate Fagan, a, a columnist um, for ESPN, wrote it. Anyway, the, the young lady ended up committing suicide second semester of her freshman year. And it, it totally changed me and how I look at our players. Like, what if that was going to be one of us? Like, we got a phone call. One of our players had just done that. Like, and so it made me look at our guys totally different. And this book was written right before COVID. So I think there's going to be some isolation residue that also will have guys in the portal because they've been sitting at home doing nothing. And now they're away from home for the first time. Like, we've got four new freshmen here. And we've been real keen on those guys. Like, what's going to happen when the going gets tough for those guys? How are they mentally, how, how are they adapting to being away from home after always being at home 24 seven? You know what I mean? So um, yeah, we got to do things differently, but I'm, I, I think the biggest um, factor in the portal is going to be relationally because right now it's the society we're in, you know, going gets tough, people leave. And, and um, if there's no relationship there, there's going to be rebellion. And so we're going to spend 99% of our time on those relationships. Like, yeah, we all know we can coach ball. We all like to get better at dribble, pass, and shoot. But um, now more than ever, if you don't know your players, if you don't know what's going on with your players, um, we're all going to continue to be surprised. And, and you know, we're going to get poached by, by bigger schools, and it's going to happen more and more and more where a guy comes to our school and, and really, really develops and blows up. And then, you know, like the big fish, there's always a bigger fish, right? So – um, if the relationship's intact and they know that we're invested in them as a person, we're invested in, in growing them, um, I think our likelihood of, of hanging on to guys is going to be a lot stronger. And, um, you know, guys will work hard if they know you have their back. You know, I work, I went to a small NAI school in Kansas City, Mid-America Nazarene. It's the reason I got into coaching, and it's because of the relationship I had with the head coach. We wow, would get in my car, we'd go drive and sit down in a parking lot and just talk about life. We wouldn't even talk about basketball. And now fast forward to 2021 – relationships are the most important thing in this business, in my opinion. And that's how we're functioning here at Furman. Hey Jeff, could I, could I chime in real quick? I think it's two really important things. I think Ronnie hit on one of them. It's like, you know, uh, Coach Williams as well. Two things that are really important, I think, with you're going to find a ton of transfers because it's, it's going to be a lot because guys can transfer and not have to sit out. But I think because you had so many kids who are now going to schools and they have not, they can say they have a relationship with the staff, <clears throat> But they, they have no idea of the guys that they're playing with. They may see them on paper, but it's a whole lot different when you get a kid on campus for an official visit and you get a chance to hang with that those guys for, you know, six hours, eight hours, ten hours. These guys are walking into a situation where, like, they have no, no relationship whatsoever with the other 12 scholarship guys. The second thing is, you know, I remember as a freshman, you know, I'm playing for Gary Williams, <clears throat> who's a great coach, Hall of Fame coach, but he couldn't have been any different than my high school coach in Morgan Wooten. I never heard Coach Wooten curse. Gary Williams, I thought my name, my, my, my first, first name was motherfucker, right? And there are going to be so many guys. This is going to be their very first time in the heat of battle. And the coach is going, oh, my bad, CY. My bad. Chill. See, I was good. CY, it was it, it Simpkins. He did it. Just bleep it out. That's my bad. Hey, but but my, my point was, there are going to be so many guys. This is going to be the first time that they're going to be coached by the guy who recruited them on Zoom and told them how great they were and everything. Now, when the feet are held to the fire and they're challenged, I think a lot of guys, it's just our culture. They just, this is going to be a, such a shock to the system. Their first, their first thought's going to be, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. I, I was going to do a quick, and, and I don't know if everybody's in for it, 20 seconds. If if you can't and somebody's got to go, go. I, I want to go around the room and, and ask the question of what's the one thing you would change in recruiting? And, and literally quick, like rapid fire each person. Do we have time for that? Can everybody in? All right, let's do it. Let's do it quick. All right. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you start? Why don't you, I know. I didn't throw this out to anybody beforehand, so this is all kind of off the cuff. But what for me, I've said this before, the one thing, I, as a media person, I think it's gotten boring on the road. I would allow all you guys to do something creative, go out whenever you want for the most part. I know that goes against, um, you know, what, what you were saying, Ronnie. Have a, have a dead period. Absolutely have a dead period when nothing in August or whenever it is, two weeks when nobody can make a call. Nobody can visit anything. But when you're out, I want to see creativity. I want to see some fun things and, and, and whatever it is. So, all right, that's mine. But I'm just stalling to give Jimmy a little bit of time to come up with, with his idea because I threw this out no, last minute. On the spot, but that's fine. Um, I would say more face-to-face time with, with the recruits. I think that would be great. More opportunity to have face-to-face time with um, with the guys and less stipulations on when it's dead and when you can have them here and um, that, that allows you to get to know the guys better so I would look to increase that where you could have more opportunities it allows us to be more creative it's a lot less the, the ability to be creative is a lot less there when we're all limited on days so Perfect. more more days to have face-to-face time DP I'll probably eliminate two things the, the, the 10 visits for the for the players like the five and five I think that that becomes I mean, you bring in a junior in this month in June, then you got to bring him back in September for football. I mean, it's it's. I feel like that's a lot. And then I'd eliminate zooms, man. I I, I got in the profession when you were writing notes and, and and having to use your mouthpiece to get some kids on campus. Zooms drive me insane. So eliminate eliminate those two things for me. All right, Dwayne. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I don't have a whole lot. I mean, if there's anything, man, like I love barbecue. Maybe had barbecue at every damn hospitality spot, you know, <laughs> that and cornbread, like, you know. We'll, we'll be like sleeping, that. coach. <laughs> we'll be sleeping the game. Hey, just like my folks down in Houston, man, you go down there for a tournament board. Oh, boy, they, they have you knocked out in the car missing that 130 game. That's I, I don't really have a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah, I miss Vegas, too. That's the other thing I would I would get back in. All right, Vegas. Absolutely. 100%. It's back, Jeff. It's back. Adidas is there in, in uh, July, isn't it? They need everything, though. We need we need every circuit in Vegas, period. Uh, all right, Brian? I would, uh, I would allow us to watch recruits play with our current players, like in a pickup game. Because I think there's two things. There's evaluating how good a player is, their size, their height, their skill set, whatever. And then there's also evaluating their fit for your program, how you play. Uh, so I think if you're able to see how they mesh with guys, how they mesh with the other recruits you're bringing to campus, how they mesh with, you know, the freshmen, I think you get a better idea for, you know, are they the right level? Do they fit that kind of thing? That would be one for me. Mike. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. He actually stole mine. I think seeing your kids, seeing those kids play with your guys and when, when they're on campus, almost giving us an opportunity to like get them on the court, you know, and work them out. You know, can they process your teaching points that you're making? Can they push through adversity? How good are they when they're tired and when they're going through something? Um, you know, how well do they think the game? I, I think that, 
you know, less mistakes, maybe less guys in the transfer portal. We actually had more of a hands-on approach with those guys and, you know, we're able to put them in, a, in an environment similar to the environment that they would be in if we, if we take them, if they sign with us, you know. So I think that that would be good. Um, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I wonder if you could ever get to a place where you could sit down with kids, like, on the road. Like, you know, for a lot of these families, you know, especially these young kids, you know, you're talking about recruiting kids in the DMV, coming out to Louisville unofficially. That's a lot on those families. So when you're at these AAU events, is there a way that you can create an environment that, you know, doesn't get crazy and doesn't invite all of the foolishness, but at the same time, you're able to sit down and talk to a kid and his family while we're all in the same place and nobody is strapped, you know, financially, you know, and have to travel all the way across the country just to see an institution and meet with the staff. I like that. I like that. Yurik? I'm sorry. I was on mute. DP actually stole mine, man. I think the visits, there's just way too many visits for these prospects. Um, just my personal opinion. Um, I like the old school of, you know, five, uh, their senior year, just because, uh, you know, you, you, at that time in the, in, the, in the fall, I think they're closer to making a real decision. And then, you know, we as, as institutions have a, a better feel if we have a realistic chance, you know, uh, to get that kid uh, rather than being in the midst of 10 visits. Ronnie? You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I would like a recruiting shutdown, you know, for me. And I don't know when that time would be, but if it's maybe, you know, November, sometime in November when the season starts so you can focus on your team or if there's a period in September or maybe after the season. I, I just think I like what the girls do. I do. And you know, everybody knows I ain't got to call you. I ain't got to Zoom you. You know, uh, uh, I, I like that part of it. The other one maybe would be, you know, allowing those those ninth graders, those incoming ninth graders to get on campus. I, I never really understood when they changed that a couple of years ago to where you, those rising ninth graders couldn't get on campus. I think the relationship piece of getting to know them and getting them on campus is, is pretty good. Um, those, those would be probably the two for me, you know, with that opportunity. Cool. Uh, Bossy? Um, the EYBL, Under Armour Association, 3SSB are all great, but we have separated these guys away from the independent programs and made it so they only compete against a small group of people so we don't get a full picture uh this spring and to some extent last summer not having those those going on has been great it's been more like when i came up when you had you know the southern assault going against pro skills or something like that that, that doesn't happen anymore and i think that's i think that's a loss for everyone involved i think it's a loss for the kids because they don't get to play against a broader scope of competition i think it's a loss for the coaches and I think it's it's really, really hurt those those independent teams because there's so much pressure, especially as you go up a little bit higher, to be at those EYBL or shoe company circuit games because that's the way to be. And, you know, it, it hurts a lot of those kids because those teams are trying so hard to win. If you're a low and a mid-major, it's pretty much pointless to go to those things because the guys you're trying to recruit, they aren't playing. So I think a, a de-emphasis of – those leagues will lead to guys maybe picking situations that are better for them to play in and to be recruited in instead of like, Oh, I, you know, I've got to feel the pressure of going and playing for a shoe team because that's the only way I can get recruited when, when it's not. And especially for the lower to mid-level kids, I think it's detrimental to a lot of them because 
they're losing out on opportunity to play in front of coaches. Good point. Good point. George. Uh, yeah, Eric, I think that it's a great point. Like the, I saw you out at the section seven um, and, and I, I, I would love regional sites somehow. Um, that was just spectacular what they did inside that, you know, that football field, they had 12 courts set up and it was done really well um, organized. So I felt like, feel like some, some type of way with maybe the high school stuff, I know it might be harder with the, uh, the AAU, but I know some states try to do it where they work together. However, maybe having it more regionalized and organized even, even further. And I know they're building upon it each year. That'd be great. Cause I thought that was, it was a, a good use of time and you got to see a lot of kids from a lot of different States where we weren't bouncing around everywhere. Um, and then I, I think, you know, this is something that I don't think we can all control, but if, if there was a shot clock, um, you know, cause in certain States you, you go see kids play and there's not a shot clock and, style plays it's it gets tough to evaluate the high school game when there's not a shot clock and to have a consistency of that um you know and again i know there's financial aspects of that with with budgets so i don't know how they would figure that out but that that's something i hope is down the pipeline in in, in a lot of places uh see why yeah i think i just want to really reiterate the two two things that stick out to me is ronnie saying we got to be able to get freshmen on campus I think that's something in recruiting that's got to be changed back. Uh, that's the only way I can flip flip the uh, the blue bloods uh, by getting these ninth graders on campus and building a relationship with them uh, early. Um, and, and I do think that that uh, the women got it figured out. They'll, they're they're always a little bit smarter than us in terms of having a shutdown. Uh, but in terms of rules and regulations, when we go out to see kids. Uh, I think they need to keep it uh, exactly the way it is. I think we got to save these guys from their set, from themselves. Uh, you know, you you give some of these guys some leeway, they'll be out there coaching the teams during the AAU games. You know what I mean? So we, I think we got to keep the rules and regulations in place uh, in terms of when we go out. All right, Maura, you're uh, you're up last. Close it out. Yeah, man, I, I I would agree with with running and uh, CY just with the you know just trying to get the ninth graders on campus. It's funny because you know, me and another staff member we were we were laughing and joking about it. Like you know June fifteenth we were able to call two thousand twenty threes. To be honest, like I had no idea who I was calling, uh, and that was part of it was because those guys hadn't been on campus because their rule had just changed where they might have gotten on campus the fall before the pandemic hit. So it just made it different, you know, difficult for, you know, you, you're just calling people who people are telling you to call instead of actually calling who you know you should be calling. Um, but then also I would say, you know, it sounds like, you know, Bossy, is, is a, he, he likes the NCAA Basketball Academy because, it you know, it kind of, you know, keeps the guys where they can play on both sides with their AAU team and their high school team. I would say just, you know, I know that Grand Canyon got some love. Um, try to see if we can get some mid-majors, some love, just like Coach Williams said. You know, Furman, they have a really nice campus. So does Loyola Chicago. See if we can, you know, have one of those mid-majors or a couple of mid-majors be, you know, host sites for those events so those guys can see some of those campuses unlike they were probably we'll see on our own. Perfect. Well, listen, I appreciate everybody coming on. I thought this was great. Um, and, you know, hope to see all you guys on the road. I won't bother you as much this year, knowing that you got to be locked in. I don't want to. I don't want to add to the uh, poor evaluations that have 
uh, probably gone on uh, over film uh, the last, you know, watching those streams over the last year. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, Candid Coaches Conversations every single week. Uh, we have them with some of the top assistants in the country talking different topics, and uh, we'll see you next week.